battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hi everybody, thanks for tuning into the show, always appreciate it. Uh, If you're new to the show, uh, welcome, I'll try not to embarrass myself too much. Uh, We're just a few days away from the APP conference, highlight of the year for a lot of piercers, myself included, so I'm really looking forward to it. Um, It's a lot of work, you know, a lot of work went into preparing for it, uh, and there'll be a lot of work the the week of, but it's a lot of fun too. I'll be teaching four classes this year. I'll be doing uh, two sessions of my safe practices in the piercing room workshop, uh, a new class about bedside manner with Jesse V., and uh, a new class on piercing, uh, piercing kids with Becky Dill. So should be pretty fun. We've got some nice presentations. Uh, hopefully we'll have some time to do some like dry practice runs of, uh, of the classes before we have to do them live. And for me, as a sitting APP board member, I've got a lot of meetings that week. So I've got pretty much a full day of meetings on Sunday, a lot of meetings during the week, and another full uh, board meeting on Friday to cap it off. So really busy work week for a lot of the people that are there. Um, if you're an attendee, it, it never hurts to uh, to say that extra thank you to somebody working the door, um, working at the registration booth, you know, all the, the vendors in the expo and, and the people teaching the classes. You know, if you had a, a good time, you know, make that vocal to them. Um, you know, if you're liking the, the booth that they brought from who knows where, tell them, you know, thanks for coming to Expo. You know, we, we appreciate the effort. You know, um, when you go to pick up your registration packet, tell them thank you. You know, they, they work year round to, uh, to make sure that conference goes well for you. You know, Caitlin McDiarmid, uh, Kendra, you know, uh, Sarah Wooten, I really want to single those people out. He's, he's doing a ton of work and, and, and really just making sure that uh, everybody's week goes well. I'm going to try to get some uh, midweek content for you. Uh, I haven't recorded a show for next week yet. My hope is that I'll be able to maybe record some content Saturday and Sunday when I'm in Las Vegas, uh, find some time to edit it Sunday night and get that up uh, Monday as kind of like a welcome to conference kind of an episode. But no promises. I'll, I'll try to get whatever I can online. Uh, if you are not already following the Facebook page for Piercing Wizard Podcast, uh, please go and give that a like, give that a follow, because I'm going to be posting a lot of content on there. I'll try to get uh, some some good pictures. I'll try to get some stuff from the, the Jewelry Expo. Maybe try to get in a couple of little, like, video clips uh, if I run into anybody in the hallway and we can do a quick little, like, two or three minute blurb about uh, how their week is going. But I'm probably not going to put a lot of that on my personal Facebook page because I don't want to spam people that are interested in it. So, you know, if you're not already following Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook, go ahead and and give that a like. Always appreciate it. Um, Also, you know, uh, subscribe to my show. Give it a rating. Give it all that stuff. I have no idea how that stuff works behind the scenes, but apparently it's very, very helpful if you uh, rate and subscribe and do whatever. I don't know. Uh, so my guest this week is going to be Angie from Mongolia. Uh, Angie was one of the attendees at my piercing class out in Concord, California just a few weeks ago. And Angie is also one of the recipients of the Aldi scholarship for this year's APP conference. Uh, really, really interesting story. Um, had a lot of fun talking to Angie, uh, getting to know her a little bit. 
um, was piercing in Mongolia and, you know, didn't have uh, the information that she wanted, didn't have the materials that she wanted, so she packed up and, and came to the States. Uh, um, went to the Fakir intensives and started working in shops around the San Francisco area and is, is really blossoming as a, as a body piercer. And it was a really interesting talk and a uh, really inspiring person. So, uh, you know, keep your ears open. Uh, a lot of really good bits of information. I'm definitely going to be trying to catch up with Angie midweek at conference to know how things are going and how she's enjoying the experience. So she'll be one of the people that I talk to there. Uh, but uh, let's get into it. Let's get into that interview with Angie and I'll be back after that. Hello, my name is Angie. Um, I am a body piercer who came to the States from Mongolia, and I work at Mission Inc. in San Francisco, California. Can you please, uh, before conference, do me the favor of saying your full name out loud so I know how to actually pronounce it? <laughs> All right. Um, it's pronounced Okay. Uh, how about I just call you Angie? <laughs> yes. I think that'll yeah, work. Let's do that. Uh-huh. Okay. Sounds very good. Uh, so how long have you been in the States? I came to the States 2016, and ever since 2016, December, I'm here. And have you been in the San Francisco area the whole time? Yes, I came straight to San Francisco because I wanted to attend Fakir's body piercing class. Oh, that's really awesome. So yeah. so you came all the way over for just that, or did you already have plans to come to the States and, and then you kind of like added on going to the Fakir intensives? Everything that's happening right now, it was already in my plans. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Took so, a long time, but um, I'm, I'm kind of achieving my goals step by step. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> so how long have you been piercing? I really like piercing since I was high school. I was in high school, but um, I don't count it as the years I've been professionally piercing. So actually, like the standards, like the professional term, it actually started since um, 2017. Before that, it wasn't that professional, you know. I wasn't using as good jewelry, so I, I start to tell that i professionally been doing since 2017. So what is, like, what's the, the piercing community, com, uh, piercing industry like in Mongolia? So there is literally no community. I was the only one who was doing body piercing professionally, you know? So I was like the only one. I didn't have anyone to talk to um, about piercings, like techniques or how to improve the industry in Mongolia. So I had to come to America, learn everything myself, and I have plans on going back to Mongolia when I think I'm ready. That's pretty amazing. So yeah. what what's the clientele like? Was it mostly people that you already knew or did like people seek you out to get piercings? Well, um, the clientele was basically everyone because, you know, everyone you knew what kind of um, piercing they can look on Instagram, but they didn't have a place to go to to actually get it. So the clientele base was actually pretty ready already. But then um, I had to, you know, educate them because um, they didn't have any education on piercings whatsoever. So um, there are only people like, you know, tattoo artists who mm, kind of did piercings. They had needles and just like um, basic bad quality jewelry, but they didn't know they can be improved, you know. Yeah. So that was kind of like the whole industry image in Mongolia. So how tough was it to get some materials, you know, piercing needles and, and jewelry and any other supplies you might need? Was that readily available? Did you pretty much have to order everything through the mail? 
Yeah, I had to order everything from America, but um, I ordered from uh, Mystic Metals, like pay, um, Painful Pleasures and companies like that, because other higher, higher notch companies, I couldn't get it, you know, because I didn't have a very nice um, establishment. So it was kind of hard to get the best quality stuff. And second of all, um, the customer customers in Mongolia weren't ready for the pricing. You know, so I had to keep it as high quality as I could, but as low cost as possible to keep it going. That seems like a, a pretty common struggle for people outside of the U.S. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's it's a pretty pretty common theme that I try to repeat as often as possible on the show. Like, mm -hmm. if you're if you're from the U.S. and you've really never left the U.S., especially as a body piercer, you know, and if you don't have friends in other countries, you don't really know how easy you have it you know like mm -hmm. we, we have access to everything we want without having mm -hmm. to pay uh import and international shipping and vat mm -hmm. and, and all that stuff you know and there are people in all different all different parts of the world who have the same kind of struggles that you had where they just don't mm -hmm. have the access that they want or mm -hmm. uh the, the cost to get that access is is really high mm -hmm. yeah that's that's very true and um since i started working here I feel very spoiled. I feel like everything I need is here. I just need to tell my boss I need that, I need this, and I just splurge, you know, it's awesome. So do you have, uh, do you have like a, a length of time that you plan before you go back to Mongolia and try to open your studio? Or like, do you feel like it's like far away in the future? Or do you feel like it's kind of like your goal is getting a little closer? It's definitely far away. It's not close. Yeah. So yeah. Do you, do you think the the clientele at home is is ready for that? Like, do you plan on trying to bring like a U.S. kind of style studio, like with uh, internal thread jewelry and all that? And do you feel like the the clientele is ready for it? No, I don't think they're ready yet. But um, because um, I was piercing with external threaded jewelry, and I just was starting to um, get to know the internally threaded jewelry, and then I left to America. So I didn't really have the time to like show them the difference, the benefits of doing that. So um, I still, you know, I, I'm not that much in contact with my clients in Mongolia anymore. All I, all I have is like Facebook, and but it's like the time zones are very different. So even if I wanted to do a live video on my page to kind of talk to my clients it's like different if i have work here mongolians are sleeping right and when they're up we're sleeping so it's kind of a little hard so right now i'm just like um focusing on putting stuff in my head first you know mm -hmm. so yeah. tell me a little bit about how you got into body piercing like what was your first exposure to it was it was it all internet or was it books or did you have like friends that had piercings like how did you get into it uh-huh I got my tragus um, pierced when I was 12 years old because Mongolia doesn't have any laws on piercings and tattoos. So I was 12 years old. I, I walked into a tattoo shop with my cousin and um, I got my tragus pierced done there. And um, I really, really loved my piercing and the tattoos. Um, the guys who were doing the tattoos, it was just amazing because I was a little metalhead when I was little and um, I was a very uh, lonely, um, weird metal girl. So I had no friends and um, just like a few metalheads and I just started to pierce myself and my friends and that's what I've been doing for so many years. I didn't know what I was doing and um, I remember you were talking about your start at the um, bevel theory class mm -hmm. it was so it was we had so much in common at the start i mean that that's nice to hear because uh you know 
a big point that um, Jeff Saunders and, and Cody Vaughn and everybody related to the Fakir Intensives tried to drive home is, you know, body piercing is, it's universal. You know, uh, uh-huh. everybody has some sort of a draw to it. You know, maybe some some people because of society or whatever, um, they, they don't personally like it. But body piercing is everywhere, you know, and mm-hmm. to see that you in Mongolia and, and me in the States had like that same kind of connection where we were younger mm-hmm. and... Maybe I, I wasn't so sure who I was, but I knew that body mm-hmm. piercing was was part of who I would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just it's cool to know that other people have a similar connection that way. Yeah, that's crazy because body piercing is the only thing I was doing since since my young younger age, you know. And then I never in a million years would think that this would become such an ambition of mine. Or you know, body piercing is just like everything for me right now. It's well, just I mean, amazing you, you, to know, you know, I've been doing this when I was little. And then now looking back, I never knew I could become, you know, a professional body piercer in America. Well, it's really cool to, to you know, I haven't known you for very long. But mm-hmm. from what I've heard about you and your story and everything, you know, it's mm-hmm. really impressive. And I, you know, I find it very impressive that you really just jumped in with both feet. You know, you were, you were at home and you realized yeah. you wanted to learn a skill and, you know, you knew one of the best places to learn that skill and you just you went there and you know now that's that's what you're doing as a full-time career and just to see your progress in even just this short period of time it's it's really impressive thank you so uh for some of the people listening that might not know um you kind of popped onto my radar because you applied for one of the ld scholarships for conference this year so what is it that draws you to conference do you feel like it's um just kind of part of your path or, or do you feel like there are specific classes or um, is it just everybody talks about conference so you wanted to kind of get out there and experience it? Like what draws you to conference? So um, I've done my Fakir's class in February 2017 and um, I in- immediately knew that um, this was not it. You know, there was still so much to learn for me. I've always wanted to become an APP member trying to um, become an APP member. I did some research and I just, you know, thought that APP conference is a must for an APP member. So I just had to attend the APP conference and then I found out that there was a scholarship for first time attendees and, you know, the for people who struggle with um, going to the conference financially. Actually, the person who told me about the scholarship and showed me that I had a chance to go this year was um, Darren from Blue Stars at, at Concord, California. Oh, yeah, he's great. Yeah, so he is a very great guy. He taught me everything that I didn't know. For example, I didn't know how to use neo-metal jewelry, and um, he was the one who told me how to bend them and how to use them, you know. And he uh, he helped me a lot to push me to go to the conference this year. Darren's a pretty awesome guy, you know. He he mm-hmm. kind of keeps under the radar, you know. Uh, he he um he, he's not one of the louder people on social media, you know. And I don't mm-hmm. know if that's just because um, he's been in the industry for so long that he's kind of like relaxed into the position he has. You know, he's not trying to like uh, show off to anybody or, or impress anybody, but mm-hmm. he's just, he's a wealth of knowledge. Like he knows so many things yes, and he's so, that's so true. He, he's so kind in sharing it, you know, like he's, yes. he's really happy to mentor anyone. You know, it's not about like cool points. It's that he really just wants to contribute to the industry. Exactly. So what is it that you're, you're looking forward to at conference or is there anything that you're, you're really nervous about at conference? Like what are some of your thoughts getting ready for it? 
So um, there are two major things. Um, one, I want to learn as much as I can. And two, I want to meet as many people as I can. So I had a shock when I um, first got the LD scholarship. And that shock is kind of over. And now I'm at a shock where I I'm thinking it's actually going to happen, you know. Every, every day, every morning, I wake up thinking about the conference. Like, what do I have to do before the conference? What, what do I have to do today? Like, you know, I'm kind of nervous and having butterflies in my stomach. It just feels like I'm like kind of preparing for something that's not going to happen. You know, it doesn't feel real to me. It's going to feel real very, very soon. I mean, we're like less than one week, uh, one, one week away. I know, and that sounds so crazy. It's going to be awesome. You know, uh, uh, Caitlin does a really, really good job of taking yes. care of the scholars and all the new volunteers and all that stuff. And um, Sunday might be a little bit long feeling for you because you're going to have a lot of training to do. But uh -huh. uh, that training on Sunday really prepares you for the week. You know, you know what you have to do, where you have to be, who you have to work with, you know, all that mm -hmm. stuff. So if you're nervous now, like you get really well prepared for the, the scholarship role and the, the volunteer role and all your duties and all that stuff. Like you'll be, you'll be really well prepared, but yeah, it is a big week. You know, it is, it is a lot uh -huh. to go into um, for the first time. Mm -hmm. It's like the half, half a year conference was the only thing I was thinking about, you know? So it's, it's, very nerve-wracking for me as well. I bet. I think you're going to do really yeah. good, though. You know, you seem like a hard worker, so uh, we, I think we expect pretty good things from you. Thank you. Thank you. So tell me about uh, tell me about going to the Fakir intensives, and, and especially, you know, as kind of that being one of your introductions to the U.S. piercing scene. Like, you know, what was it like um, signing up for it and coming over and, and meeting all the instructors and all the other attendees? Like, talk a little bit about that experience. So far, attending the Fakir class was one of the biggest accomplishments in my career so far. So it was very, very nice uh, meeting so many cool people that are doing the same thing and have the same passion, especially for someone who comes from a country where people really didn't care about professionalism and body piercing. So it was like really cool. It was very inspiring, you know. Um, it showed me that this is an actual way of living you can live because, you know, this is something you like to do. Do it good, you know. They gave me a lot of um, inspiration. They taught me a lot of stuff, and um, it was it was a life changer. I'm sure it was, yeah. I mean, everyone that I've talked to who's gone to it really has said the same thing. You know, it really changed yeah. their life for the better. It was a really mm -hmm. huge experience, you know, and very communal. Like, you know, it doesn't mm -hmm. seem like it's like this individual kind of experience. It seems like a very communal experience where you're there as a, a team and, you know, you have all these great instructors and everybody kind of shares with everybody. And it just seems like a really cool experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was. It was definitely. And then um, I just really want to tell that. So because I met Becky... At the Fakir class, she added me to the Bay Area Body Piercer group on Facebook. And then I saw a post from Pablo. He was um, looking for a guest piercer at uh, Blue Star and Concord. And I didn't know that I was like good enough to do a guest spot yet. You know, I still thought I had so much to learn or do an apprenticeship maybe. And then I hit him up. I was like, hey, Pablo, um, would it be um, possible if I do the guest spot at Blue Star? And he's like... Of course! And he was like, and that was the happiest day of my life, too. So Blue Star was the first shop I started guest spotting here in America. 
that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a really good shop to start at. You know, some people have uh-huh. to really struggle and they get into a shop where they don't really have the materials or the support from the from the staff. But, you know, to be able to jump into a studio where there are really good piercers working and, you, you know, somebody like Darren is the owner of the shop, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're really kind of... Uh, given a, a, a lot of a lot of chances to succeed in a, in a studio like that. Yeah, I feel very, very thankful and very um, blessed as, at the same time, you know. Uh, talk about how you ended up getting into your, your current studio now. Like, how did you go from guest spotting at Blue Star to, uh, to working full-time in a studio? Um, so uh, it's the same thing. I saw a post where they were looking for a body piercer mm-hmm. at the Facebook group. And, you know, um, I had little experience here in America, but um, the piercings I did back in Mongolia, um, I think they were, like, good enough for me to um, do piercings. And um, they, with no hesitation, they were, like, um, come in for a meeting, and they were, like, very, very welcoming. And, yeah, so that is how I find my new place. That's cool. How how do the um how do the clients respond to you? Like you know, because I I've been in lots of different studios where they have mm-hmm. piercers from different countries. You know, working in different studios. Like as an example, um, you know, Sala from Spain works in uh, Oslo, Norway, and he seems mm-hmm. really really popular with the clientele because they see he seems like very exotic for the Norwegians. You know, like do you get a lot of people being like, ooh, Mongolian, like ooh, <laughs> tell me all about like where you're from and all that, or or are they just like you know, you're my piercer, thank you, goodbye. Yeah, most of the times so I don't speak about my personal um, things with my clients. I usually like to talk about them, you know, making them feel comfortable. But then sometimes um, I get people asking me my uh, where my ethnicity is, where I'm from, and that is very few. And um, then I talk to them about I, like me coming from Mongolia. And uh, yeah, people are like odd to know that I'm from Mongolia. And some people are like, yeah, oh, I know other Mongolians and, you know. And San Francisco is like the is the best city to work at, at I think, because the people are like very cool, easygoing, you know. Well, San Francisco seems really um, open to immigrant culture. You know, there are so mm-hmm. many different cultures in that city that you yeah. know I, I wouldn't think that you would get the same kind of reaction if you were like you know in the Midwest or in like the South or something like that. You know, they might be mm-hmm. a little bit more questioning, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, San Francisco seems like probably the, the best city you could have started in. You know, you have a really, really strong piercer community there. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's really, like, welcome and, and open to, to different cultures. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it's probably, like, the best city that someone could, could start in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I haven't really left California, so I'm still I'm still looking forward to going around America and see how other body piercing or tattoo shops work, you know, and how the clientele's are. It's just so much for me to um, explore yet, you know. Yeah, you'll you'll make some some really good connections in Las Vegas, I'm sure, you know. Mm-hmm. Every time people go there, you know, there, there's always these great offers of guest spots and, you know, come visit and come hang out and come shadow nice. and, and all that stuff, you know. And it, it's basically like a like a talent exchange, you know. Like the communal nice. aspect is is so strong in Las Vegas, kind of like the, the vibe at the Fakir Intensives, you know, or the Bay Area group. Like, it's not... It's not all about ego. There are definitely some people in Las Vegas where they're ego-driven and they just want to be seen as like, you know, hey, look at me, um, you know, I'm going to brag and talk about all the things I have. But there are going to be a lot more people that are just friendly and warm and they just want to talk to you and, and share mm-hmm. information and, you know, invite you to come hang out with them at their studio and, and all that. Mm-hmm. So it, it'll be a really fun week for you. You know, um, the 
the Bevel Theory class you gave us, yep. it felt like a mini APP. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, because um, there were a lot of people I didn't know. Almost everyone I didn't, I didn't know. So it was like, okay, so this must be kind of like a mini APP. So I am kind of having the a little imagination in my head what it would kind of be, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I've never been there. Oh, my God. So if there was, um, you know, maybe 25 or 30 people at my class, uh, imagine yeah. that, but a thousand people. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It gets it gets a little intense, you know. It can uh -huh. be a little overbearing, you know. So many people that you don't know, but you yeah. know, you you seem like a kind of a people person, you know. I don't think you'll have any trouble, uh, you know, interacting with people and making a lot of new friends. And especially if you're part of that volunteer group with the scholars, mm -hmm. especially, it's just such a, a friendly communal aspect. You know, I know I keep saying community, community over and over again, but it's it's uh -huh. true because that's really what yeah. it is. You know, it's uh -huh. it's like a big team. It's like a big family. But by, by the end of the week, you'll be best friends with everybody. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to it. A few weeks, uh, maybe two weeks ago, I had a meltdown on Facebook on, on the volunteer group. Yeah. I was saying that, um, oh, my God, I feel like I'm going to fail. I feel like I'm not understanding every email I'm getting. And then everyone was on the comment section like, um, don't worry, you're not alone, we can do this, you have us. And, you know, after that, I feel so much better because I feel like I'm going to be surrounded by um, good-hearted good people who mean good, you know. So because of that post, I feel very, very um, uncomfortable now because um, it was kind of like a, a confirmation that um, I'm going to be surrounded by good people who are gonna help me if I fail you know well I mean that's completely true I mean it's really mm -hmm. it's a team-based atmosphere because there there's no incentive for anyone else to try to cheat you or trick you or like mm -hmm. let you fail you know like because mm -hmm. if if you fail they fail as a team so everyone mm -hmm. wants everyone to succeed so you know if you don't understand a job or if you need help with something they're gonna be five or ten people there waiting to help you you know and it's it's really all about you know if you're having a tough day uh, the person next to you will help you know if they're having a tough day you help them you know and and that's really how conference succeeds with an entirely volunteer uh, community you know it, it's it's all people that are just there um, willing to put in the work to to make the conference a success mm -hmm. um, so Mongolians are uh, the population is only three million which is very few compared to American people. It's almost like kind of like a city population, you know. Mm -hmm. And then um, the only thing I, the only connection I had with um, the industry here was um, the internet. So everyone posting these beautiful piercings with beautiful jewelry on Instagram. Every one of you guys felt like a, a kind of like a Hollywood movie star, you know. <laughs> and then, yeah, that's true. That's very, very true. And um, I used your pictures um, for an inspiration, you know. And um, now I'm uh, talking, meeting you. It's just very um, humbling and it's very, it's beyond belief, you know. And then conference, I'm going to meet. Um, I'm really looking uh, forward to meeting Elaine Angel because she was one of my hugest inspirations in life. That's awesome. You know, yeah. every year when I do the um, the the scholarship process with uh, mm -hmm. with Caitlin, and then usually we have like a rotating third. You know, uh, we've had. Kendra help, you know, and this year we had Kale and, you know, all, all different people throughout the years. But uh, every year we, we typically ask the applicants the same or similar questions. And, and one of the questions we always ask is, 
uh, if you come to conference, who is it that you think you'd like to meet? And almost 100% of people always say Elaine Angel, Jim Ward, Luis Garcia. Like it's the same names every year. And it's Mm -hmm. because those people are just fantastic. So, you know, if you have one uh, concept of what they're like in your mind or from uh, looking at their blog or reading their books or anything like mm-hmm. that, just know that they're so much nicer in person. Like they're great online, uh-huh. but like when you meet uh-huh. them live, like um, it's it's nice. It's very refreshing to meet someone who would fall into that like celebrity category and not uh-huh. be disappointed by them. You know, to to understand like okay, you're a person and you're worthy of my admiration because you're just so nice and you're so like willing to help and you have these great stories and this great warmth to you. And mm-hmm. Elaine is definitely one of those people. She's always got this really nice. Smile smile on her face. Yeah, that's so nice to hear. I, I bet they're like hundreds and better than what I imagined them being. Well, okay, so here's the here's the flip side of the coin, you know, like yeah. try not to go into it too much like thinking that uh, piercers are, you know, movie stars, rock stars, all that, because some of them might might disappoint you. You know, there there are yeah, some yeah, people course, who course, yeah. they're they're happy to let people treat them like a rock star, or treat them like a movie star. And those are kind of like the the bad apples, like the the ones that I'm not as much of a fan on, because like you know, uh-huh. we're all we're all the same, really. You know, like we might be at different points in our career because yeah. you might be a few years in, and you know, this other person might have ten more years experience. You know, but um, it's it's a skill that all of us are capable of. You know, and we just mm-hmm. need to share the information with everybody else so that everybody can can get better. You know, not all piercers have that same kind of mentality, but I, I think at conference, most of them do. So I, I think you're mm-hmm. going to make a, a lot of friends and I think you're going to meet a lot of really great people. Sweet, sweet. What about, uh, what about some of the classes? Are there any classes you're looking forward to? Um, yeah. So, um, I'm really looking forward to the male genital class, uh, male mm-hmm. genital piercing class. <laughs> um, because, um, <laughs> the male genital class. <laughs> Yeah, sorry about that. Um, because I've never done a male genital piercing in my life. Really? Yeah, that's the only piercing I've never done because I never had the guts to actually do it, you know? Right. And I right. here, I mean, I have people asking for it, but I still am not too sure, you know? I don't want to make my clients my guinea pigs, you know? So it was kind of hard to find, like, asking my friends. And since I've moved here and left my whole family and friends in Mongolia... Um, there are not m- that many good male friends who would trust me with their genitals to do a piercing I never did before, you know? Right. So I still have, um, I-, I think I still have a lot of, like, base, uh, base to do on that. So I'm still looking forward to that class and the photography class because I really am bad by with, like, taking pictures of the piercing I did. Really? You take, like, yeah. so many good pictures for social really? media. I'm surprised that you're not comfortable with your piercing pictures. Oh, thank you. Well, yeah, but um, still, I think uh, it's a huge aspect of me for, to improve, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, everybody can grow. I, I remember a long time I struggled with my social media pictures, and you know, lots uh-huh. of other people helped me out with, you know, settings and try this and don't try that and everything. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I guess if you're gonna if you're gonna start doing male genital piercings, you better be able to take a good picture of them. Uh huh. <laughs> so, uh, anything else you're looking forward to for classes? Because I mean, the, both those ones that you mentioned are gonna be pretty good ones, I think. Yeah, so um, I already, um, I have like 10 classes, I think. Yeah? Yeah, but um, if I have the time, I will add some more classes if I can. But, I mean, I'm not going to make promises to myself because I will not know how it's going to be there, you know. 
Yeah, well, you know, it's it's a big week, you know. So ten classes is is a lot already, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, are those all classes that you're going to be sitting in on, or are you going to be like working the door in any of those classes? Um, some of them I will be working at the door, and then I will be um, also listening. Okay. Well, I mean, that's yeah. that's not too, too terrible. You know, you might have a little bit of extra wiggle room, but, um, you know, a, a good piece of advice, too, is make sure you set aside some, some time for you to go into the expo, because it might seem like, you know, oh, I can just pop in and check it out, but... I mean, you could spend hours in there. It's gonna be it's gonna be pretty impressive this year. You know, there's a lot of vendors to check out. Um, sorry, I have a question. Um, so the expo is that like um, is it open like the whole week or is it like open just a few days? I'm pretty sure it starts on Tuesday. I think Monday they'll be like loading in and setting up, and I'm pretty sure it'll be uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday for the expo. And uh-huh. I think that the first day. Maybe starts around noon or something like that, and then then it and goes till maybe six or seven, and then uh, Wednesday and Thursday, I think the hours will be extended a little bit. But yeah, it's it's huge, and like everybody brings so much gorgeous jewelry. It's oh my god, uh-huh. it's, yeah, it's it's awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's really cool, but I mean, it's it's difficult because um, I have seen a lot of people uh, they plan so much on their conference their conference classes. That yeah. they don't really leave time for the expo because the the expo I see, I see. and the classes uh-huh. can kind of overlap on the schedule. So you know, make sure you definitely set aside some good time. Okay, for you I will definitely. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Thank you. Thank there's you. Gonna, you're gonna spend. You're gonna want to spend all your money in there too. So just make sure you leave some money up in your room for food or something. <laughs> okay, I'll try. <laughs> I think I'm gonna be doing a lot of window shopping this year, though. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's kind of what I do, you know. There have been yeah. years where I've brought a lot of jewelry home with me, but now like, you know, I'll pick up a few pieces here and there, but I usually just want to check out what what's the new stuff that everybody has, you know, so I can start mm-hmm. to plan my jewelry orders for the year, you know. I'm I'm really looking forward to Tether. Are you are you familiar with Tether cuz they're right yes. around the San Francisco area, aren't they? Um, I'm not sure, but I saw the Tether jewelry at uh, Blue Star. They're really cool. Yeah, it's really neat. But they, I've never you know, used them. I saw them. They're really cool. Yeah, they, they, Paul has some like really innovative ideas for like how the jewelry works with the with the piercing in the body and the closure systems and all that stuff. So uh-huh. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I always really look forward to Gorilla Glass. They always have a really cool line of stuff every year, and mm-hmm. uh, I definitely want to get some um, maybe some Megalodon teeth jewelry at, over Sweet. at uh, Diablo and mm-hmm. just just everything. Like it, there's going to be so much stuff to just stare at every year. Sweet. Um, I just uh, have an idea. Just a second ago, maybe I can ask my boss to um, give me some cash so I can grab some stuff to go back to the shop. Yeah, totally. Sweet. <laughs> there are lots of people that do that. You know, especially like uh, the piercers that are coming from other parts of the world. You know, like Australia or Europe, uh, South America, Central America. A lot of people bring cash to to grab a bunch of jewelry and, and bring it home in their suitcase. You know, and that way they don't have to pay. Uh, quite uh-huh. as much for for shipping and you know uh-huh. and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, grab whatever you can and, and bring it home. You know, because there's some stuff that you can only get at conference. You know, there there oh, are a lot really? of like, uh-huh. yeah, there are like certain sizes or like you know maybe experimental pieces that uh, mm. limited editions things like that that might only be available at conference. Mm, I see. I have to ask my boss to give me at least uh, at least ten thousand. You know. <laughs> yeah, what you know what? Why don't you just get 15,000 then you can buy me some jewelry too. Yeah, I'll ask him. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. So, like what are what are some of your plans for the the near future? Like do you want to try to 
get out more and do guest spots outside of California or, or do you want to try to go back home to Mongolia for like a trip or, or what do you plan on doing? So my um, plans this year, the biggest plan was the APP mm -hmm. and um, like in the new future, I'm thinking of uh, maybe going maybe to one or two new shops to do guest spots, you know, mm -hmm. um, I, 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 I think I get like um, used to um, new places really quick. Until now, I have been piercing in um, three shops only. Um, first one was Blue Star, Mission Inc. in San Francisco, and um, Body Manipulations is the third place I do guest spots at. So I would like to add more shops to do guest spots maybe, you know? But yeah, it's definitely. unclear now because now the only thing I can think about is the conference. Maybe August or September, I um, start getting new ideas, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, conference is one of those things where it's it's almost like a I don't want to say roadblock, but it's like this this uh, a chapter really in in it the is. year, you it know. Is. And like when you when it's still ahead of you, that's really all you think about. Like for me, that's all I think about. You know, I have all mm -hmm. these other things that I, I should also be working on and planning uh, for, but uh -huh. it's all about conference, you know. And then when yeah. I get home. I'll have that kind of high for maybe a week or so where I'm really energized from, you know, all the, the friends that I got to see and classes I got to take. And then I can actually start to plan out the rest of the year, too. So I don't I don't really have my plans put together either. Uh -huh. <laughs> Conference is really good to uh, to meet people for guest spots, you know, because a lot of people are, are, are looking, you know, and uh, not even just for like full time help, but a lot of people just want someone to come out and cover one week so they can take mm -hmm. a, a trip or a holiday or, or something like that, you know, and mm -hmm. a lot of other piercers are, are looking for someone to hire too. You know, I've known mm -hmm. a lot of different scholars who have gotten awesome jobs, um, just, just kind of impressing people at conference, you know, and some people go into it looking like it's a, like it's a social thing or it's just classes, but you know, a lot of it can be kind of like an audition for, for your future career as a piercer, you mm, know, I see you, first impressions. You, it's totally that, you know, you uh -huh. impress people and then maybe you get an opportunity, maybe not this year, but maybe next year. And, and from, from there, who knows, you know, yeah. but I, I've seen a lot of scholars go really far. You know, Kendra is a really great example. Kendra was a scholar years ago and now she's uh -huh. the vice president of the APP, you know, so Sweet. yeah, there's a lot of really, a lot of really amazing opportunities you can get at uh -huh. conference. Sweet. So, um, what I'm thinking is, uh, you know, maybe sometime in the middle of the week I'll have my my portable recorder with me maybe we can catch up a little bit and you can let me know how your week is going and then oh, maybe we can be cool. uh, yeah I think so I want to I want to yeah. kind of like talk to you about what your experience especially like you know not just as a scholar but as a first-time conference attendee yeah. and especially someone who's got the the story that you have of like coming from another country to kind of like follow her her dream and mm -hmm. how it's led you to conference I, I really want to know like how it how it goes for you and mm -hmm. you know if your brain melted or if you're if your brain like you know blossomed <laughs> like a flower or or, uh -huh. or what happened so yeah let's definitely catch up like during conference and uh, we'll do like a follow-up to this nice that sounds like a plan cool um yeah. so for now is there anything else you want to talk about Maybe there is. I just wanted to tell that um, I'm very, very happy and I'm very blessed that um, I have this opportunity and I want to thank everyone who's um, helping me um, make this happen, you know? Well, with something like that, you know, it's it's not so much that you were... You, that it was given to you, you know, like you, you earned it. Like when, when Aww. we do this, this scholarship process, um, you know, we'll get maybe 
20 or 25 applicants at first and we'll, we'll kind of do our first pass over the applications and we'll have a little meeting, you know, between ourselves. And, uh, you know, almost every year we have one or two people that stand out as like, you know, this is a special case. This is a special person. Um, mm -hmm. you know, they're kind of like a default yes until they become a no from like what other, you know, a bad interview or a bad application or something. But, mm -hmm. um, your, your application this year was definitely one of those ones where we looked at it and we're like, this is an amazing story. You know, this person Aww. has worked really hard and they've put in a lot of effort. So, you know, we, we want to get them there. And, uh, you know, as long as you don't like tell us to go F ourselves, like you're probably <laughs> going to get a scholarship. So, you know, Aww, you, thank you. you definitely earned it. You know, it, it wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't like given to you, but, uh, you know, now it's it's time to like make the most of the opportunity, and you know, yes. and we we think that you'll you'll do really Definitely. well there. Thank you. So um, there are a lot of girls in Mongolia who look up to me, and I get a lot of like nice comments or DMs or personal messages that are saying that um, they really do look up to me. You know, I um, uh, Mong Mongolia tattoos and body piercing is very taboo. You know, people mm -hmm. are not that open minded. So. Being so like surviving by being you in that um, social thing, it's it's like really hard. And then um, I think a lot of um, young people in Mongolia are actually like thinking now that they can be themselves. And um, body piercing is is a way of living too. And um, just not body piercing in general, like chasing your dreams. And I get a lot of nice sweet uh, messages from Mongolia. Well, that's really awesome. You know, yeah. You, from from the little I know about you, you know, you you do seem like you you are someone to be like a, a role model, you know? So, uh, it's really cool. Tell me, tell me a little bit more about Mongolia. Like what's, what's yeah. the culture there? You know, like what's, what's the society like there? You know, like, you know, if it's kind of closed minded towards body mods, like, is it open minded towards other things? You know, I know you're into to metal, but you know, is that like another, um, like hidden subculture? Like, are like, what's, what's it like there for like self-expression and, and art and, and music and all that? Yeah, um, self-expression is definitely a big, um, big aspect that Mongolians have to work on. You know, uh, the youth are like expressing themselves. They are being more and more themselves. But then, you know, the reactions you get from people is still is still awful. They still bash people, shame people who are a little different from um, from everyone else. You know. Is it because they want to, like, uphold tradition, or is it just closed-mindedness? Just closed-mindedness in general, I think. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, like, you know, sexual orientation, it's still a big, big, big problem. And, you know, um, a lot of people who are different, it's it's hard to survive in Mongolia. But um, music, art-wise, it's, it's blooming. I feel like there are a lot of good artists, new artists, you know, a a huge new generation of artists, singers, you know. It's just like the um, self-expression part for me. I don't know if I'm in the industry and seeing the lack of that or is it in general like that, but, you know, a big thing of me. For example, like, you know, girls, they can't, like, post, like, um, pictures of their lingerie or half-naked, you know. They'd mm -hmm. be, like, um, slut-shamed or whatever people call it, you know. But uh, I just feel like I, me being me, I feel like I'm showing girls that it's okay to be you, you know, you can, you know, you can like whatever gender you like and, you know, it's just that um, Mongolian people are, like the older people especially, are giving harder times for the youth. That's what I think. 
Yeah, so it's yeah. it's more more of a generational thing. Do you think like the younger generations oh, are a little bit more open minded? Maybe it's a generational thing. Yeah, maybe yeah. it's a generational thing. Oh yeah, I just yeah, I just figured it out. Maybe it's a generational thing. Well, it could be. I mean, I, I think most most generations get a little bit scared of the the newer generations, you know. And I don't know if it's jealousy or just like the way they were brought up where you know it's like well you have to be repressed too because i was repressed but um yeah i don't know maybe it is uh maybe it is a little bit of generational mm-hmm. mongolia's um my uh, my business was um very um weather like it was up to the weather you know because okay. mongolians w- winter is like freezing it's like minus 30 celsius in the winter wow. And then very hot in the summer. So um, body like piercings, tattoos, or henna's that, that like body art is like blooming in summer. And then like spring, uh, maybe in spring a little bit. And then a fall and winter it just stops. You know, it's it's September. Body piercings just stop. Hmm. How I did my piercing was I, I had to look out to my two kids for my two kids, like six days a week. All right, and then on the Sunday. Sunday was the only day I was working. I would give appointments out on Sundays only because um, there was no other person who could do body piercings in my shop, you know? So, like, Sundays were, like, packed with, like, appointments. And then other days, I had to look out for my kids at home. Hmm. So yeah. do, you, do you think uh, when, you, when you end up going back and eventually open your studio, do you think uh-huh. it's going to be open year-round, or do you think it'll be more seasonal or, or maybe like kind of a, like a part-time studio? Like what do you, what do you think you're going to do with that? I'm thinking maybe like seasonal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely, I can't definitely, on the winter, everyone um, is um, thinking of survival, you know. Mongolian right. people are nomadic people. They were like um, nomads. So I think we still have that... Um, nomadic thing in our blood going so in like in the winter we try to you know um, survive the extreme weathers and um, I don't think anyone would think about like getting a new piercing and take care of it you know right. and, and lose their comfort of like you know um, you know taking care of new piercings can be a little um, patient and you know so um, I'm really thinking it might be a, like a seasonal thing mm-hmm do you think, uh, like, when you go back, do you think you would be living in, in Mongolia year-round, or do you think you would do your open season there and then, I don't know, come to the States or, or go somewhere else in the winter season? Yeah, I'm, you know, like, my plans, I really don't want, you know, want to give, like, out. Um, if my clients in right. Mongolia are listening, I can't really make promises to them. That makes so, sense. Uh, yeah. I tend to overthink things. I apologize. Like, <laughs> when right. someone... When someone mentions a business idea, I immediately start thinking of like a five-year plan in my mind of like, all right, where are you going to get the financing and how are you going to plan it out and what's your retirement option? And yeah, yeah. I, I tend to overthink my, my business things. Yeah, well, which is good, which you should do. But, um, you know, I don't want to give false impressions, but um, I would definitely do like a seasonal thing, maybe um, come to Mongolia and then come back to the States, you know. I sure. still have many plans. I, I'm thinking, but I... I'm not. Um, I don't have the time or like you know the thing to uh, like actually get into it. But you know, I well, we'll get there. <laughs> and my, maybe we can talk about my new plans on the next episode on yeah. your podcast. You know, whenever you need a business consultant, just let me know because I love <laughs> talking about that stuff. I could talk oh, until I'm blue amazing. in the face. That's good to know. Thank you. You're welcome. So, any, anything else you want to talk about? I I can't really think of anything else off the top of my head. Um. 
No, um, I mean, um, I'm really looking forward to the mid-conference um, interview with you. Yeah, that'll I, be fun. I'm very interested what I've been talking about, like at the midweek of the conference. Like, maybe you'll be half asleep, and we, I, I can just like talk to you while you're like just snoring or something. Uh, I'm very prepared. Um, I'm having vitamins. I'm drinking a lot of fluids. I'm trying to physically and mentally prepare for the conference. That's good. That's yeah. really really smart. You know, I I think you'll you'll it'll it'll actually be probably a little bit easier for you because you're already on the West Coast, so the time zone won't be like a, a, an obstacle for you. It's the same in Las Vegas. Yeah, same in Las oh, Vegas. Oh, cool, nice. Yeah, so it'll be better for you. But it, like, the best advice I can give, which is the dumbest like dad advice to give, is just <laughs> drink like twice as much water as you think you need because uh -huh. it, it's it's so dry and so uh -huh. hot there. You, you get dehydrated really quickly. Wow. Okay. Yeah, since it's my first time in Las Vegas too, I'm like, I wanna you know kind of see the side of Las Vegas as well. I'm I'm not sure if I will have the time, but that's something I'm looking forward to as well. The, the good thing about Vegas is like you can you can get out uh, outside of the hotel 24/7 and there'll be some sort of ridiculous Las Vegas thing you know so <laughs> you can go out and there'll uh -huh. be like random showgirls out on the sidewalk or there'll be like a, a fountain like light show water show thing and all this stuff so it doesn't take nice. much you don't have to go very far to see all like really? the, okay. the cheesy tourist okay. stuff yeah it'll be everywhere nice. in Las Vegas um the our hotel is it gonna be like in the downtown? Yeah, uh, Bally's, like it's right, right on the, the strip. Middle? Yeah, it's right on the strip. Nice. The The other good thing about it, too, is it's really close to, there's a monorail, so if you want, you can get a monorail ticket, and you can go all the way up and down the strip, and you can see all the different, like, fancy hotels and all that stuff, but, um, yeah, definitely try to, like, get out and see it at least a little bit, you know, whether it's, mm -hmm. you know, before your your day starts or at the end of the day or something like that, you, you don't want to miss it, it's it's... It's horrible, and it's cheesy, and it's super trashy, but it's very American. You like, you have to see yeah. it. Okay. What is a monorail? Oh, monorail, it's just a, like a train, basically an elevated train. It's just like, it's a cheap way to get around. You know, you can take taxi cabs, you can take Ubers, but uh, the traffic is so bad on the strip that it gets really expensive. But the, the monorail is pretty inexpensive, and it'll bring you up and down the strip. Okay, cool. All right. Well, uh, so <laughs> one more time for the... the conference. Yes. Yeah. I mean, definitely. You'll definitely see me. When do you get in? Saturday or Sunday? Um, Saturday. I'm gonna be um on a road trip with Pablo. Okay. Cool. Uh, I'll be there Saturday as well, so I'll probably see you Saturday night at some point. Sweet. Uh, so for one uh, one more time for the the people listening, um, who are you? Where are you working? What's your social media? All that. Oh, um, my name is Angie. And I work in Missioning, San Francisco, California, and my um, social media accounts are piercings underscore by underscore Angie on Instagram. Cool. On Facebook, it's Angie Anujin. <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's see how many people can pronounce that in Las Vegas too. I think it's going to be pretty interesting. <laughs> okay, thank you, Ryan, for having me on your awesome podcast. Well, thanks for talking to me. Uh, I'll see you uh, in just a couple of days in Las Vegas. Alrighty then. Bye. Bye. See ya. Thank you. Bye.
All right. Thanks for talking to me, Angie. Always appreciate it when people find the time. Um, I've got conference on the brain. You know, I, I think maybe a, a couple other people listening to the show might too. Uh, it, it's really all I've been thinking about. You know, I still have to pack. You know, I got to figure out clothes and all that stuff. I did get my ridiculous gold outfit for banquet. Uh, I've got some really ridiculous shoes and a, a nice gold jacket. Um, so uh, I'm covered there. Um, I don't know uh, that I'll pack a bathing suit. I don't know that uh, I feel... Um, no shirt Ryan is, is very presentable, uh, at an industry event. So, uh, we'll see how that goes, but I'm definitely going to be bringing my recorder with me. I'm going to be bringing some editing equipment and I'm going to try to get as many interviews as possible, you know, and get you a lot of good content. There's so many fascinating people at conference that, um, you know, if you can't be one of the lucky people heading out to Las Vegas, I can hopefully try to bring a little bit of Las Vegas to you through the show. All right. So thanks for listening and, uh, I'll see you next week at the APP conference. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved. 